Welcome to the Pet Peeves Podcast, where we admit we love animals more than we love people. And now, your host, Albert Escobedo. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 11 of the Pet Peeves Podcast. This episode, we have L.A. comedian Tony Bartoloni as our guest. What's going on, Tony? How you doing? I don't, I don't like how you said my name. How would you like me to say it? Uh, less emphasis on the E. <laughs> you were All like, right, let's try this again. Bartoloni. I, I was told that I need to have more energy in my introductions, oh, really? so that was my attempt at more energy. I don't care for it. I wish it was less. Uh, less. Okay. My note is less energy. No, you know what? I agree with you, and I don't know why uh-huh. I listen to anybody else, but it's uh, people who have more popular podcasts than I have, so I sort of just want to see what happens if I take their advice. It's an experiment. All right. It was a failed experiment. You don't have to cool. do it again. Please don't. All right, I won't. But in the future, interviews with Tony Bartoloni, I will tone it down. Tony Bartoloni, down. I'm retarded. <laughs> Yeah, well, speaking of down, you were telling me a story about Downey, bowling alley. Yeah, I went bowling last night. It's not really a story as much as it's what happened. What's the reason why you're hungover? Yeah, I guess How do you get, how'd you get all hammered? Were you guys drinking pitchers? I remember drinking pitchers. Pitchers, 11 bucks per pitcher. Yeah, I had a good time there. It was, uh... It was a show that ended up being uh, no microphone. The mic wouldn't work, so we just did a no mic show there one That's time. That's always fun. It was, like yeah, it was a challenge. Performing at an improv theater. Yeah, it was a challenge. It wasn't fun, but I mean that part wasn't fun. But we all had decent sets. I mean, Demar's funny. Chris Gardner's funny. I was funny. It was cool. Cool. Yeah, it was back Del, in the days. Del Rio Lanes. Del Rio Lanes. Oh, uh, man, that was fucking, I don't know, two years ago. But that's when I had just met. Maybe not. I think I had done a couple of shows with Chris Gardner and Damar Randy. Like, they just happened to be in the same little, like, group of friends that were putting on shows at some point. Mm-hmm. You see these guys still around? Yeah. I know uh, Damar is not going anywhere. He's from there. I'm not sure where Chris is from. Chris Gardner. I was, I was going to bring up something that's so stupid. For a while, he like stupid. He like uh, he made a post on Facebook about pooping. Yeah, and then I would like bring it up every time that I saw him. <laughs> it was about having a good poop, like uh, uh like a no no wipe needed. Poop. Oh, that's nice. The the wipeless wipeless poo. Yeah, just the ghost poo. I think they call it. No, the ghost poo is when you poop in the toilet and then you turn back and look and there's nothing there. Mm. Maybe it's the ghost wipe. One of those. I don't know. I'm no expert. Well, here we are. Talking about poop in the first four minutes of the podcast. Yeah, man. You can't have a pet podcast without poop. A little poop talk. Yeah, man. All animals poop. And if you work with animals, anybody who works with animals knows that that's a big part of the job, dealing with poop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. But, sure. But you take care of a dog, let me guess, you have to deal with his poop from time to time. A little bit. 
Yeah, see, it's unavoidable. The, it's the, unavoidable. The owner of the dog one time was like, just don't. Don't worry about it. Uh, just let him poop. And uh, <laughs> if no one's around, just leave it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's standard rule. I mean, if just no biodegradable. Around, just leave it. Yeah, I don't think Why? it's a big deal. It's just a courtesy so people don't step in it, right? Is, or is there another reason? Well, supposedly because it spreads disease, but you can't mm. stop wild animals from shitting in the grass, which also spread disease. So to penalize people for their dog shitting in the grass, I mean, as far as a courtesy and a cleanliness and, you know, be a good neighbor thing, I can understand. Passing disease thing, I think it's a smaller risk. Um, it depends, actually, because in, in certain neighborhoods where animals are less likely to be vaccinated, uh, parvo, which is a puppy killer disease, uh, is carried in the feces and very, very contagious. So uh, picking up your dog's poop would help. However, the residual fecal matter in the grass and soil, contaminated soil, you're not going to be able to pick up with a plastic bag. You would need to, like, hose down the area with bleach, which nobody's doing. So it's kind of a moot point to pick it up if it's already infected. But, you know, it's a good habit. Probably less likely to get infected if people are picking up their poop. And also... If other people are picking up their poop in your neighborhood, you're less likely to leave your poop in that neighborhood. But if everybody else is leaving their shit, then you probably will too. I'm a, all I know is whenever I step in shit, I'm like selfish fucking asshole. Left the shit here. But then um but then when I'm walking dog and it shits, I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's get out of here. Exactly. Before someone sees us. Exactly. And in fairness, in Los Angeles, there might not necessarily be dog poop on the sidewalk. Well. Uh, I have seen humans taking shits on sidewalks in L.A. multiple times. Yeah, well, many, many, many occasions. We're just animals, man. Yeah, we're just big animals. With jobs. And clothes. And clothes and language. I don't have a, I don't have a job, but... Now, is there anything that you consider your job? Yeah, I, last night I work. I did a. I did a thing that. I, yeah. That paid money. Yeah. Well, there you go, uh, Tony. He, for you guys that aren't aware of uh, his, I don't know what what you're known as in the LA comedy scene is homeless, but you're not really homeless. I'm uh, more unknown, I think. Well, what you're unknown for in LA <laughs> is for being homeless. Technically, I don't know. Are you con- do you consider yourself homeless, or is that just like a something they tag onto roast man. battles just to make it s- something else they can make fun of you about? I yeah. I mean, that's a dumb thing to do. Then I guess. Yeah. No, I had a lot of material battle, they... about being homeless. I thought about it a lot uh, when I was uh, kicked out of my place and was going to be homeless. How long ago was that? But I also had homeless material before that because I grew up in L.A. And uh, there's a lot of homeless people. Yeah, there are. So. How long have you lived there behind the factory? Oh, man, four or five years. So it was pretty new when I met you. That was a pretty new situation. Maybe you had been there like a year. Yeah. And at that time, did you think you'd be there this long, or did you always did it? Was it temporary and turned into long term, or was it always just like see what happens? I guess uh, see what happens. That's the other thing is like people don't really understand. I guess is that like uh, I just feel. I guess it's it's kind of dissipated over the years. That feeling of like, well, I could just get kicked out of here. 
at any time. So a little bit like uh, I'm just always trying to be super careful to not upset anybody or whatever. Yeah, I can understand that being a worry because obviously, uh, I mean, not, not that you're comfortable there, but you've gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. Relatively convenient location. Yeah, I don't know if that's good or not. You know, my uh, neighborhood, I, I just, uh, I th- I don't know why I thought it was, it wasn't going to happen, but I feel like gentrification is, is coming uh, here. And this is Huntington Park? Huntington Park, yeah. You, you, you used to work here, so you know what it's like. It's like a real neighborhood. It's just like yeah. real people. Yeah, Not Huntington Park very... is the most Mexican part of Los Angeles, according to what I was told and read while I worked there. I worked there for about a yeah, year and a half. Yeah, no, I, for sure. Everyone, most people speak Spanish. And yeah, they call it Little Mexico. When when I first started working there and they, my students were calling it Little Mexico, I thought they were just like, had their own little nickname for it. But no, if you look on Google Maps, they consider that area Little Mexico. Yeah, people just call it Little TJ or something. I don't know. Little TJ. It was a cool place to to spend some time just because I'm, you know, Mexican. And so I got to reconnect with my heritage a bit. And then the interesting (laughs) part about working with all those Mexican students was them making fun of me for being white. They would make fun of me for being too white every day, all the time. And I thought that was interesting. I was really interested in that dynamic because I hadn't been around, like, those kind of Mexicans since I moved out of the the East Chicago ghetto when I was 10 years old. Well, I get the same thing if it's any consolation. What, that you're white? I'm too white, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that makes me feel a little better. Are we? Are you and I equally white? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I've never... Me neither. I've never felt white, to be honest. And is it ironic that I have? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I know in certain ways I'm super white, but I don't know. You're not that white, in my opinion. Well, Julie Weiss, uh, you know, the uh, person of color, you know, she calls me a person of flavor. Oh, I see that. You're seasoned? I'm seasoned, yeah. Have you seen that Brandon Briggs thing and uh, Chaz Carter? Uh, They crack me up, man. Chaz is one of my favorite comedians out there. I'm not, I've never really seen him. I mean, I've seen him around, but I don't think I've seen him do stand-up. Uh, I used to see him randomly, but where I got to know him was at Omid's Bomb Mic. What was that, on, like, Sunday afternoons oh, or yeah, something? I never go to that. I went a couple of times, uh, and I had, you know, it was all right. It was fun. It's mostly, like, a little hangout spot, but... Was there, know, it's, it's... Uh, was there dog shit? <laughs> yeah, there? there was dog, there was dog shit there. There was. How do I know? Because there's dogs there. Okay. Wherever there are dogs, there are dog shit. Well, I didn't know there were dogs there. Even yeah, the, the he lived in a backyard. co-op house. Yeah. Well, he lived in a co-op, and one of the co-op dudes had a dog, and that dog was at every show, and he made it into many of the Instagram photos. I wish I could remember the dog's name. Good dog, white dog, also very white. Speaking of which, I'm tired of these white dogs oppressing all the other. Colored yeah. dogs. Well, they think they're better. You know, they think their shit don't stink. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you hear the traffic in my neighborhood? Uh-uh, I don't. I think a truck just drove by. It was pretty loud. 
but you're in that front office. What's that major road right there? Pacific. Pacific. The the road the fifty fifty fifth is closed because they're filming some shit. I'm telling you, man, gentrification is coming. Is it inevitable in every neighborhood? We got a yogurt land. That's what happened. And I was like, oh, no, it's over. That's a sign. That's the first red flag. Yogurt land. Next, you're going to see a acai berry yogurt place. They they put the yogurt land across from the Starbucks. I just feel like it's like gentrification center there. Do other people you know live anywhere near you? Uh, No. Not really. Yeah, I didn't mean Tony or uh, Kenny Lyon lived in East LA. It's about the closest to there of any comedian I ever hung but out. But I, I saw some hipsters at In and Out. It scared me. Oh shit! I never saw any non-white people in Huntington Park. I can't even tell if they were white or not. They're so they're just hipstery. <laughs> yeah, is that beard for uh, you know? Gives usually, your skin a little color. Usually, like teenagers. Uh, here or like young people or like um you know they just like have uh smith's t-shirts or something or like they look kind of like punk or goth or that kind of thing but now these were hipsters man is it a bad thing is gentrification bad i don't know man i'm split on that because and and in some cases it's like oh yeah the neighborhood but then also it's like oh yeah the, there's no shootings in here in here anymore you know mm-hmm. but I say I, well I guess that doesn't they say it just goes that crime just gets pushed it doesn't disappear which right. makes sense that makes sense yeah so I don't I know. guess it doesn't it doesn't really matter that's what I was thinking just in my head that it. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's going to find somewhere to go, you know. It also, it's, yeah, it's kind of a small think kind of thing, I think. Small. I never, well, because I wasn't from there, obviously, but when I was talking to uh, people at work about me doing, you know, the Echoes Under Sunset and Echo Park, they'd be like, oh, this is Echo Park, man. Isn't that where all the, the Vato Locos hang out? And I was like, no. <laughs> No, I haven't seen anything like that. All I see is hipsters and homeless people. I would see I would see the Vatos, the Vato Locos. I mean I I would I would walk around there a lot. Did you just get a notification? Yeah, I did. It's just that my virus protector is needing an update. Oh man. Yeah, oh yeah. I should worry. Is it weird that we like uh talk about our computers like they're people? Like, you're like, oh, it's got a virus. No, because people have been shoot. talking about their cars like they're people for years. So what's the difference? Uh, that, I don't like that either. Me neither, but it happens. And then people talk about their phones like they're people. Like, anything that you interact with daily, inevitably, you're going to anthropomorphize and give some human Dude, characteristics. Shouldn't we just call it, uh, my computer has a bug or a problem? <laughs> like my computer my... is infected. I guess that's a little bit human. Yeah, it's still, yeah. Human term. My computer is you broken. Know what, you know what I've been thinking about a lot is like, okay, we have like roaches at the uh, at the factory. There's roaches all over. Okay. Cockroaches and uh, and I uh, I like I, I I don't know I like watch them and I'm like like people just kill roaches. 
I guess it's just like, where do you draw the line of what's like acceptable to murder? <laughs> well, are you Buddhist? I mean, they believe that all life is equal and that you shouldn't kill bugs. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone has something that they would just kill, right? Like for yeah. me, it's mosquitoes. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've always argued because a mosquito will attack me. So I have yeah. the right to defend myself. Other bugs that are just kind of annoying me, I really don't need to kill them. Yes, yeah, so cockroaches aren't—they don't bother you. They only—they won't even—they'll run away when you're around. Yeah, all they do is eat your food and shit all over the place, and then have babies where your food is. All right. Well, that sounds a little. <laughs> yeah, that's the gross part: is that they reproduce in such mass numbers so quickly, and that they're little nymph nymph stage larva cockroaches just look so gross i mean if they didn't look so gross imagine if they were furry little cute things i don't know mice are furry and cute and we still hate them yeah dude they get they get some mice here and they're uh they're really adorable like do you not... hate them do you see a mouse the same as a rat i mean as a no. cockroach i mean we did this we were shooting this uh movie and uh i had two cockroaches in a jar because we were going to release them and film them. And, uh, and, uh, I had the top off the jar and I was walking from one room to the other and one climbed on my hand and I just chucked the jar and it shattered. (laughs) (laughs) I just threw it. That's a crazy reaction, but that's how most people react. (laughs) It was, it was so, uh, horrifying. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a, uh, a reflex something with eight legs on your hand it looks like a from mars it just doesn't you know we I just, even it's I so think, different than us i think also what happened is i walked from one room to the other and the other room i hadn't turned on the lights so it was like completely dark and mm. uh oh yeah got more are you afraid of the, the dark uh, uh, not necessarily afraid of the dark, but if something was crawling on me in the dark, I'd probably have an extreme reaction. Dude, these roaches are fucking gangsters. They don't give a fuck. Like, they'll, they've actively jumped on me. Like, uh, they hang out at the sink because I think they're, um, I don't know. At a water park? They're water, well, I think they're water, there's certain cockroaches that are attracted to water or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. No, all animals are attracted to water. Right, but I, there's, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they, uh, they, I'm not, I'm not a bug expert, but they, uh, they'll just fucking jump off the sink onto my person, like, just on me. Like, they, <laughs> they fucking, they don't care. I feel Answers. like they see me as a threat, and they're like, get yeah. away from our water source. We were the original gentrification of the cockroach neighborhood. There's a little. They they had uh they had uh black framed glasses and uh, <laughs> with no vintage, prescription lenses. Vintage clothing, fake glasses. People uh, people ask me if my uh, beret hats or whatever if my glasses are fake hats. sometimes, in which they're not. I guess I had I I used to have bigger black framed glasses, and they I would get it more. But yeah, they're they're uh, I would get offended. I'm like, no, I can't see. I remember when uh Bobby Lee 
gave you money for glasses. Didn't they? Uh, yeah. that, that was before I knew you. I didn't even know you. I was just standing next to you when it all happened, and you were just like the happiest person. You were just very happy. Well, you were I there. I was standing next to you, and you were just like mm. talking to him. And then he ran to the ATM, and you were just like telling me, and we didn't know each other, but you were just kind of talking out loud. And you're like, he's gonna go give me money to buy new glasses. And he's such a nice guy. And you were just telling me how nice he is. Yeah, that was really a cool thing he did. Because my glasses broke in half. I accidentally stepped on them. And uh, and then I was, I was saving up to buy new glasses. I needed to get a prescription and everything. And then he just ran. And he gave me 100 bucks, And he's like, buy new glasses. Did you know him before you, that? Have you guys talked? We have a weird. I don't think he ever remembers me, but uh, we definitely. The first time I did the comedy store, I had to follow him. It was on. It was on some stupid bringer show. This is a long time ago, and uh, he. First of all, it was like a fucking marathon show of like fifty people or whatever. Right. And uh, so I waited like two over two hours, and it was just like fuck. And the fuck am I going to go on? And then uh, the fucking lady was like, hey, you're next. I was like, thank God. And then Bobby Lee standing next to me. And uh, I don't know. I used to watch Mad TV, so it was kind of cool. I was like, holy shit, it's Bobby Lee. And then they asked Bobby Lee to come up. He's like, no, no, no. Let these guys go up. And then uh, Jeff Garland came in the back door. And he just started, like, riffing on the name of the show and stuff. And then, uh, and then he left, and then they're like, Bobby, come up, come on. And then Bobby Lee came up and started performing, and then Jeff Garland came back. And then Jeff Garland and Bobby Lee were, like, fucking bantering back and forth. And it was this weird, like, I don't know, like, to, to me, they existed in different worlds, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I would like, never have imagined that. Yeah. I didn't know Jeff Garland did stand-up, does he? Or is he just a fan Yeah, he, he does, yeah. I don't no, know. He does, I stand he, up. He, does it, he does it pretty interestingly where he like he improvises a lot and he's like extremely relaxed on stage. Like I swear he's like taking naps on stage before. I can get into that. But he I gotta just, like, do the down. I gotta do that annoying podcast thing where I gotta say hang on so I can go run to the bathroom. I'm gonna put you on hold for just a second. Don't go anywhere. Don't stop the recording. I'll be Should right I back. Should I keep talking? No, no, I'll be right back. All right. What Albert doesn't know is that I got nothing. I don't know. How this is going okay. I feel like we were getting into some shit and then uh, Albert had to pee or whatever. He had to go pee pee. Maybe he's taking a shit. I just imagine Albert outside shitting and then uh, getting a bag. <laughs> And putting it in a bag. And then saving it in the freezer. Because he's a psycho. Do you think it's too late to eat peanuts? I don't know who you are. Who's the you I'm talking to? Did you decide to keep talking anyway? 
I kind of did a little bit. <laughs> it's there's some spaces in between. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to listening. Do you want to clap again? No. <laughs> I never want to clap simultaneous with you ever again. Wow. Unless it's like before a film or something. <laughs> All or right. Next time you do my podcast. Cool. Or if we're ever rooting for the same sporting team. <laughs> so there's a lot of scenarios in which me and you might clap at the same time. Or like if we're in a crowd together of stand yeah, like, a stand-up show. And we both some- like the same person. Someone gets called up. That could happen. I'm a big clapper at open mics. I clap. I don't laugh at anything, but I clap loud. I do both. I'm a spontaneous laugher, and I think I'm like a good open mic audience member because I, even if whatever the person on stage is saying isn't funny, like I'll infer a joke, and then that'll make me laugh. Like, I'll think about what I think they should say next, and that'll make me laugh. So you just sit there and make yourself laugh? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I like going to open mics for that reason in particular, where I get to have ideas that are, you know, at least a derivative of somebody else's idea. And I can admit that, and I don't feel bad about that, but I definitely don't steal jokes. But if somebody has a good idea, I'll be like, oh, shit, I should write a joke about that. Hmm. Yeah, dude, you're a fucking joke, joke thief, dude. Yeah, well, fuck, it's all, it's all this money I'm making, you know? It's all paying off. Yeah. You're like the Carlos Mencia of being poor. I'm the unsuccessful Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia might be the Carlos Mencia of being poor. <laughs> I don't Is know what poor? he's been doing. I think he's been No, he's not, shit. because my aunt told me that she went to go see him in Indianapolis and that it was a packed crowd and that he killed and everybody loved him. And then I told her the whole Joe Rogan thing, and I sent her the Joe Rogan videos of him calling him out and all that, and she watched him. My aunt is super cool, loves me, super supportive of my comedy. And I sent her all that, and she didn't care. She said Joe Rogan's an asshole and that, she should just, that he should just let Carlos Mencia do his thing. <laughs> Uh, I I kind of agree a little bit that he's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of fucked up, but uh, yeah, I mean, he shouldn't steal jokes. Also, yeah, I see both sides. I'm like, you know, Joe Rogan is aggressive and obviously intimidating and a bit of a bully when it comes to whatever his opinion is, even he, if his opinion may be right. Like in this situation, his opinion is right. Carlos Mencia shouldn't be stealing jokes. But to you know, physically intimidate a guy on stage during his show, maybe not the best way to go about it. But it worked, right? I, it got uh, results. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Mencia, his his career was just kind of taking off, and then it just kind of squashed it. Were you doing stand up in that time during those days? Because what you been yeah, doing? Yeah, ten no, years, I, I eleven was. years in L.A. Something. I like remember that? my friend uh, went to the comedy store and. Uh, Ari and Joe Rogan were hanging out and uh, I think Joe Rogan was showing Ari Shafir a a hold like an MMA hold and then my friend trained like at at Gracie with the the Gracie gym or whatever sure Uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu he's like that's not there's a better way to do that hold and then Joe Rogan was like, show me. So my friend put a hold on him, and he tapped out. Really? Yeah. 
That's cool. My friend's like, a, he was like a skinny Asian dude. So. Man, I'm trying to think. You started out in LA. Were you already like first, like uh, right out the gate doing open mics at the comedy store and shit like that? Or did it take um, a while for you to warm up to those kind of shows? Well, when I started, I was 19, so I wasn't allowed in the comedy store. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they would let us in the belly room, I think. Um, or no, they wouldn't let us in the belly room. They they let my friend go up in the original room on the mic. Um, yeah, no, I I didn't do it for a while. I did some bringer shows there. I remember I went like for a year to potluck. All right, you heard that, right? I heard that one, yeah. Yeah, it must. I think it was the coolest guy in the world. That must have been. Yeah. It based sounded on like the it. sound of his mm-hmm. big penis, all of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I went for a year to potluck and never got up. And then I was like, "Fuck this!" It was when Tommy was running it. Um, Tommy used to run the store. He was like, I don't know what he was to Mitzi. <laughs> Yeah, what's the deal? Well, I guess I've heard the story enough times, but from your perspective, because I've only actually heard it from, like, Earl Skakel from his podcast when I listened to Tommy's, and then I met Tommy a handful of times at Berubians. He was doing an audition, not an audition, but, like, a, a commentary show where you would perform for Tommy, and then he'd give you notes. Did you ever do that? No. Yeah, I did that a couple of times. I performed in front for him, and he gave me notes probably at least three or four times. I I remember one time I did a set in the original room. It was uh, some show I don't know, and uh, and he came up afterwards and and was like I really liked it. I did have a really good set, um, and I didn't, but I didn't even know who he was. And he was hmm. like, I was so he was like you know like I really liked your set, and then I was like. Ah, oh, thanks. And he goes, yeah, "Cool, I'm the, I'm the talent coordinator here." I was like, "Oh, rad, man." <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even. Yeah, it was like I didn't even capitalize on that. You didn't register what that meant. No, I was just stupid. Yeah, I don't know. When you first were doing stand up in L.A., did you know what L.A. comedy was, or did you just because you lived there that what was your obvious that, choice? What does that mean? Well, the like that that people move from a far far away to have an opportunity at what you had next door i mean yeah i guess i think it's really dumb to move here though like you shouldn't move here unless you have i mean i guess i get the uh the impulse and it's cool it's a it's a cool city to live in i think um but uh i feel like most people just struggle here and so, yeah, like, I mean, I don't think preaching you should, to the choir. You shouldn't move here unless you have like a job. Yeah, but I had a job. And that didn't up. help me. No, I mean like a entertainment job. Yeah, a job in the industry. Yeah, like if you. No, have, I totally agree. Then you have a reason to be here. Yeah, I, I mean, talking with guys like you and Caesar and Damar, Randy, you know, comedians that I respect and friends with, so I can you know trust them to be honest with me. And uh, trust their opinion as being valid because they're actually trying to do comedy, not just consider themselves comedians, you know. 
which is a big difference to me. Somebody who's trying to do comedy actively, like, you know, grinding and working hard versus somebody who just already considers himself a comedian. So feels like they're above certain things. Uh, I don't put you, Randy or Caesar in that, ca- in that category, but all three of you guys have told me at different times that they don't understand why people move from wherever they're from to do comedy in LA. Yeah. It's basically that it like... makes more sense to them to try to make it in the industry or the scene that you're from. Like if you're from yeah, the like Seattle I, comedy I, scene, I am... why wouldn't you want to do big things there? If you're from the Chicago comedy scene, why wouldn't you want to do big things there? Why are you going to, what Randy or Damar Randy said to me that always struck with me. He said, why would you come to my city and try to do our thing? Why wouldn't you stay in your city and do your thing? Hmm. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, why, why wouldn't I want to be home and be successful where I can share it with my loved ones as opposed to being successful far, far away and not have anybody really to share it with? And now, of course, success or, is a relative term. Or, uh, yeah, or not success. <laughs> yeah, which is even worse. You have, have to no lie one to, to your loved ones. Yeah, that's the other part. When you're not successful and you're trying to convince everybody at home that you're still having a good time. Yeah. And I, it's not that I wasn't. I mean, I was having a good time. I just knew it wasn't sustainable. I learned that really early on. Early on in my L.A. comedy attempt, I knew that what I was doing wasn't sustainable because I don't have anybody to as ba- – I had no backup. I had no safety net. I had no, uh, you know, base. If only you had a, a – I don't know. I was trying to bring it back around to pets. <laughs> <laughs> If only I had a, a roll dog. I was going to say, if only you had an owner that would take care of you and feed you <laughs> and shit. I, I tried to do that. I tried to uh, have girlfriends that I thought would help me. That didn't work out. I tried to have friends that were rich to help me out. That didn't work out. I tried to have jobs that paid decently well and had bosses that were rich that I thought they may, might help me out. But when push come to shove, nobody gave a shit about me. Not one single person that I thought could help me gave a shit of course my friends were friends you guys were there for me you guys were supportive you guys were a, a big part of the reason why i stayed so long but uh you guys weren't able to really help me you know i mean financially no yeah financially or anyway really i mean you and caesar <laughs> i mean how many shows are you really going to get me booked on i got to get booked on my own shows you know and if i can't afford to feed myself today or do i really expect you and caesar to feed me no i don't you know it's not it's different i mean uh yeah well i don't know bobby lee bought me glasses uh so that was cool <laughs> uh, you get lucky you get lucky from time to time i had some luck here and there uh, I, mean, I did i lived on my friend's floor for a while that worked out i met a girl on tinder who let me sleep on her couch for a while that worked out you know th- good things happen rick uh, glassman gave me money one time oh yeah yeah it was my battle with nicole he felt bad because i lost <laughs> and because i they made jokes about me being homeless <laughs> so he just gave me money yeah this is a backstory i know we've been talking for a half hour now and people don't know how, anything I, I see this is why the podcast interviews are hard because i gotta like try to tell people how i know you and uh basically because we battled each other I don't remember when that was, but that's how Tony and I started becoming yeah. friends. I'd say we knew each other before that, and we would talk on the phone from time to time. Uh, but then that day that you you were supposed to battle somebody and they pulled out, and then I was supposed to battle somebody and they pulled out. 
You were supposed to battle Ramses, I think. Yeah. And I was supposed to battle, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, I can't remember his name now. Fuck. Oh, uh, Richie Gaines. Oh. And he pulled out, and then me and you were just talking on the phone. Like, I was on the phone with you when I got the message from Richie. And you had just told me that you had your person pull out. So it was just like the stars aligned, and then we went to a Rams game together. Yeah. And friendship friendship formed. Yeah, man. Some guy gave me tickets to the Rams game. No, I know who it was. It was uh, it was uh, fucking Mark Pania. I don't know. It's not important, but uh, that guy's real nice and cool. I met him at AFI Fest. Actually, you know what? Do you do you ever have like uh uh social i don't know like a like i feel like i made a faux pas but it's just like hanging it's like too long now to address it like what <laughs> like it's been too long what I, what i did with uh, mark was uh he was gonna try to get me into this party like you need a wristband so he's trying to it was a afi fest so there's like a big after party or whatever at the roosevelt hotel and he had got me into other parties so it was really cool of him um but uh i kept texting him like every hour like i waited for like an hour and then actually there was this uh karaoke mobile like this like karaoke rv or whatever and uh so i just hung out there and there were free drinks and shit and it was pretty cool so I hung out there and but I texted him every hour and be like, "Hey man, you think you're going to get me in?" You know, <laughs> like I was still trying to get in. And just cuz I thought it was funny and I was like drunk and stuff. But not, but I think he like he didn't know that I was joking around. So I never texted him after that. You think he was annoyed? And then he moved back to Canada. Oh shit. Well, so that's what happens. Mark Pania, if you're listening. I was just joking. Shout out to Mark. Thanks for the tickets. I think you're a cool, nice guy, and you're dope. Yeah, he, he would hook it up, because he was in charge of, like, maybe I shouldn't be saying that. He would never hook it up. <laughs> he was a good I don't guy. Know, I don't know if he could get in trouble for that. Edit this out. All right. I'm sure. Has anyone ever uh, done that bit about, like, hey, you should edit this out on a thing? Has that ever happened? On the podcast? I mean... We've had to literally edit stuff out in the past, but oh, not, not that's what jokingly. I, you got to tell me off what, what, uh, oh, I, uh, yeah, I'll tell you off, off mic what, what things had to get edited out. Is it, is Mostly the things, worse? I mean, I don't mind talking about why I edit things out. I have to edit certain things out because I have a job. Since I have yeah. a job, there's certain things that can't be associated with me because I don't even, you know, it's not that I think I'll get fired. I don't think. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. That's not what I'm really worried about. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, Albert has a uh, a crippling hooker addiction. That's it, though. He's addicted addicted to to the hookers. Yeah, the things that you hang your clothes up on. They're uh, hangers, not hookers. I call them hookers. Just because you're, I don't know, from the West Coast. It's a different (laughs) slang over there. On the West Coast, we call hangers hookers. If you're coming to L.A., (laughs) you should know that. (laughs) No, I just don't want to piss off any of the people I work with that I actually like. You know, there's there's a few people at work that I actually like, and I think it would just be, you know, inconsiderate of me 
to say anything on here that makes our job look bad because they don't they're not comedians okay. you know they they do care about their reputation it's just me that does so you were talking shit about your job <laughs> yeah no no not talking shit about my job just talking shit about my life that would make people who don't know me look at me in a way unprofessional way and probably not want me treating their pets mm. And for the record, for this podcast, I always forget to say I am a veterinary technician, not a doctor. Uh, so if you have any pet questions that I'm going to answer, if I say anything about pets, uh, don't take my opinion too literally. Consult your local veterinarian before uh, you know taking me too seriously. You're, I just talk shit. Uh, I when when I said hookers, I meant uh, either he fucks dogs. <laughs> I've never fucked a dog unless you're an ugly lady. Should we, should we answer that question? I feel like we got a question that's relevant. Oh yeah, now. we we do have questions from Facebook that are suddenly relevant. Um, <laughs> let's get to it. I got a couple of things on here that I wanted to get to, uh, actually pet related. But I do post on Facebook when I'm about to record a podcast for anybody who has any pet questions. Uh, let's like see, we got one from Kelly. McIrney, you know who that Mac is? Kelly McIrney? McInerney? You don't know? Yeah, that's her. Kelly McInerney. I do, I've seen her perform a bunch of times. She's super funny. Uh, she's cool. And obviously, she must know you. Yeah, Kelly's dope. Uh, we, hung, we hung out at AFI. One night, we, uh, it was, uh, we went to the after party. I, I didn't even, I was just like, we went and watched The Disaster Artist. Uh, fuck, man. I'm trying to edit out parts of the story uh, <laughs> so that you don't have to. Um, no, you could talk about anything you do. No, hey, but, uh, it has nothing to do with me. I don't, don't want to say too much. But uh, <laughs> I went to the disaster artist, and then I was like, I'm going to an after party. I don't give a fuck. And then I didn't have wristbands or anything. And then uh, Mark got me in, actually, if uh, memory serves. Um, and he, you know, Mark. Okay, so Mark Pena was uh, Mark Stevens. Uh, he lived in the same building as him. Okay. Anyway, the Marks. And then, uh, so we, so I went to the after party, and then Kelly was, like, obsessed with James Franco, so she was trying to get close to James Franco, and um, she wanted to she fuck James Franco, which I'll just do. put that out there. James Franco, yeah, I'm not mad at her. If you're uh, if you're feeling the backlash from the Me Too movement, Kelly <laughs> McInerney will have sex with you. There like, you go. Like James Franco's hurting for pussy. <laughs> and like James Franco's ever gonna listen to this podcast? Uh, that's even. Are more... you a pet lover, James Franco? Because this podcast is dedicated to you. And we haven't quite talked about pets yet. Uh, but he okay. So so we're trying to ambush James Franco or whatever. And then uh, we 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 just ended up. You know how they say when comedians are at a party, they just kind of find each other. Yeah. Uh, so we hang ended up hanging out with Doug Benson, and it was like open bar, so we were like drinking. And then uh, Kelly uh, offered Doug Benson a uh, weed, so he started smoking weed. And then uh, then he he took the bowl over to uh, Seth Rogen. And he's like, you want to hit this? And then Seth Rogen hit it. And then he handed me a joint, like a pre-roll joint. And he goes, here, you guys, smoke this. Seth Rogen did or Doug Benson did? Yeah, Seth Rogen. Oh, no, shit. 
So Seth Rogen's a nice guy. He gave us weed. That's fucking cool. And yeah, I bet you got a lot of cool stories like that floating around your LA experiences. I smoked weed with Dave Chappelle. That was cool. Man, I I tried to talk to Chappelle one day that I the only time I ever went to a cool Hollywood party was the roast battle after parties. Oh yeah. And both times I get way too wasted. But the one time uh, I ended up sitting maybe I don't know three four tables down from Dave Chappelle. I was with uh, Alex Duong and um, Fizza Dasani. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey Albert, look over to your side. You see who that is?" And I was like, "Holy shit, it's Dave Chappelle." And I was so drunk that I just tried to stand up to go walk over him to shake his hand. And as I stood up, I drilled the table that we were all sitting at with my shin, knocked everything <laughs> off the table. My shin is bleeding through my jeans. And I'm still so retarded that I tried to walk over to Chappelle after everybody had seen that and heard that and stopped what they were doing to look at my drunk, <laughs> retarded ass and went to go try to shake his hand. And as I approached him, like he actually leaned over to shake my hand. And then some older white lady stopped me, put my ha- her hand on my chest, and told me, no, I don't think so. And I didn't say anything. I just turned around and walked away like a bad dog. But I'll never forget, that was my chance, and I blew it. Nice pet tie-in. Yeah, <laughs> like a bad dog. <laughs> well, going back to the Facebook questions, yeah. Kelly Mc... What is it? McInerney? McInerney. Uh, she says, what kind of dog do you dog sit? I'm not sure. It's like a, it's a mutt. It's like a bulldog, pit bull. I don't know. Yeah, he's a big old dog. To me, dog. he looks like like a hound mix because he's got big jowls and big head. But I guess he could just be like a pit bull. I don't know. Yeah, what. he's a big ugly dog. He's What's his like, name? He's like ugly cute. Ibar. Ibar. How old is he? I don't know. You don't know. He's older. He's probably like eight, seven, nine. Maybe, sure. He's a yeah. He's a big older dog. I met the dog a couple of times. He's getting older and older. He keeps and aging. It's your uncle's dog, I believe, right? Yeah. It's ironic. He keeps aging like the rest of us. That's weird. Uh, Kelly would like to see a picture of this dog. I'll post it on the Instagram if you send me a picture of Ibar and uh, I somehow I gotta one. find a picture of me phone. and you together that I gotta post too for promotional purposes. Can you not use the one? Battle. Oh yeah, I won't use that one. <laughs> but what about uh... okay? You posted. I think you posted it, and a, a girl just. I just added a girl on Facebook, and she deleted me, like right what, away. The, the Make America Great Again Santa Claus. Yeah. I don't remember posting that. It's been a while. If I have. No, it was a long. It was right after yeah. the battle. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I appreciated it. We got Ashley Johnson. Yeah, Ashley Johnson. Asking uh, well, for, for Kelly, the only thing oh, for yeah. Ibar, because this is like the purpose of this podcast, is to have people with an actual pet uh, opinion. So when you have to, or don't have to, when you're watching Ibar, do you actually like dogs? Or do yeah. you do it just because it's like uh, something you're obligated to do? No, actually, I, I like it. Uh, I like I like that I have a relationship with a dog. Uh, because I really didn't before then. Uh, I yeah we I mean I I like dogs. Uh, well one time we had like there was a dog in my friend's my mom's friend's neighborhood, and I think their her neighbors just abandoned it, and so we took it in and then but the thing was I think it was like um, I don't think they treated it well and they kept running away and we kept like 
having to block the fences and and then eventually it just ran away and we never saw it again. This is that was your story. only experience with dogs? Pretty much. Uh, you know, we never really had them. Uh, I mean, well, my stepdad moved in. He had dogs that I think we're allergic to. But, but you never had a relationship with those dogs? A little bit. But uh, And then Ibar, is he your buddy? Do you consider him like a friend? Uh, yeah. I call him buddy. Yeah, when I met him, he, he, I mean... I don't like all dogs, but he was a really good dog. Like, he was super friendly, and he liked to be yeah. pet. He, he was affectionate, and yeah, he was he's smart. Very, he's got, he, like— He loves getting pet. Yeah, he was, um, a, like, a really good—you know, I just don't like dogs that are uh, aggressive. You know, so any dog that's friendly and likes people, I'm a fan of. He's much less aggressive than he was when he was younger. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well also, uh, there used to be two dogs, and uh, Daisy eventually died. She had a bunch of health— problems throughout her life and Sad. uh yeah but that'll happen too it's kind of i don't know like uh like it was kind of like my uncle was so sad when she died and uh i kind of like seeing that side of him even though not not that i like him being sad just i like seeing him emotion his, his emotions sure i've seen some uh Compassion, or whatever, a soft side, just some humanity. <laughs> no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think it's uh, probably the main reason why I can keep doing my job. Because even when I'm having a really hard day, I can appreciate that I care about something that doesn't really affect me. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. my pet or my, you know, family member's pet or whatever. It's just like somebody else's dog. But I see the suffering in it. Like it, it, it makes me care, even when I'm not in the mood to care. And I'm glad I have that ability, because I'm sure not everybody does. Hmm. Or more people would do like humanitarian work. Like I don't know. Like it sort of drives me a little bit to help animals. Like it, it, I, I don't think that I could do a different kind of job where there's no real uh, connection with the work yeah that is i don't know i worked at a factory and i worked at subway sandwiches and it was brutal i hated it i don't like doing it yeah I, i couldn't i couldn't do it actually i never have the only thing i've done after college is teach kids and work with animals uh, and I could do both those things because I care about people and I care about animals. Isn't could I good, could I, I make could, sandwiches? Probably not because I don't give a shit about sandwiches. I care about sandwiches. That's the thing. I like eating sandwiches. I mean, I care about sandwiches. If sandwiches disappeared from the earth, I would probably be fine. There's other what, foods. What scenario would sandwiches disappear? <laughs> You'd have to all sandwich know, ingredients would. Maybe bread becomes illegal, or well, in Los Angeles, bread is illegal. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I've been paying attention, but this is true. I mean, of all, this is the first place I ever heard of a naked sandwich that's just wrapped in lettuce. Intense with diets, man. Well, I blame it on Joe Rogan and uh, what's that health shit everybody sells out there? What? There's like a company that everybody fucking has worked for from one time or another out in L.A. 
I have no idea what you're talking like, about. It's like a uh, a supplement company. It's like Healthy Shakes or some shit like that. I, like uh, Nutrilife or something? Nutrilife. That's the one. That's exactly. That? It was the first one out of your mouth because that's the one. Nutrilite? Maybe? Nutrilite or Nutrilife or something like that. Ultralife. You blame them. Herbalife. Herb. Herbalife. That's what it is. Herbalife. You never heard of it? Yeah. No, I have. People are obsessed. I don't know. It's just another trend, but those kind of trends will never go away. Health trends. I mean, if it's not one thing, it's another. Tybo or By the way, quinoa I, was, or... I was drinking ginger-infused lemon sparkling water. Man, is it good? That's pretty good, man. Supposedly. Good for you. Organic ginger juice. All right, we're about? moving on to the next Facebook pet question. All right. Are you ready? Has Tony ever eaten dog or cat food? This is coming from Ashley Johnson, another L.A. comic. Are you yeah, friends with Ashley? I feel like he's just being a dick, man. Yeah, for sure. No, so is Timothy. Just kidding. No, but they're those guys are funny. I mean, I like Ashley. I like Tim. Both cool guys. Yeah, Ashley's funny. He used to host the um, Lexington mic with Aston back in yeah. the day in downtown. So he's hanging out with them there, and then I would hang out with him at the garage mic, Victor Martinez's garage mic. Tim, yeah. I used to hang out with at Marty's and at the comedy store. Yeah, Tim is uh, Tim's cool, and Ashley's funny. Um, but um, we want me to answer Tim. Have you ever eaten? I've, dog I don't food? think I don't think I have actually cat food. I don't think so. Would you? Probably. Um, yeah, I fucking would. I, I've had that conversation a thousand times. I mean, there's certain gourmet dog foods that just look like beef stew. Some shit looks good, yeah. And I look at the ingredients, and all it has in it is like beef, chicken, broth, rice, vegetables. Like, yeah, that's human food. That's not dog food. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they'll eat what we eat. <laughs> right? Yeah, um. obviously. Like, what are you... Cat food, maybe a little bit less, just because I'm not huge into food that smells like tuna, even though I like tuna. Wait, do you mean, does he mean dog food made out of dogs? Uh, I doubt it, but it's possible. Would you, eat, would you eat a, a dog? That's so dumb. What a fucking stereotypical bullshit joke. To yeah, way to go, Tony. Way to drag the show down. But, uh,. But I I do I'm I'm certain sometimes I'm eating a meat and it tastes like no meat I've ever had mystery uh, meat and I'm like this is probably a pet <laughs> yeah I always look to make sure there's at least a couple of stray cats around a taco truck because if there's none then I'm suspicious that's crazy if there's stray <laughs> cats around then I would think I don't know yeah you might think the opposite but I'm telling you I've thought this through. There should be stray cats around any food, unless the cats are the food. I just imagine a three-piece rockabilly band with a stand-up drummer, a stand-up drum, with the stray cats. <laughs> Is that the name of a band? They're just hanging around every taco truck. You don't know the stray cats? Are you fucking... I do not. Um... Maybe I'll look it up after this. Since this is a pet podcast, maybe I should know more about these stray cats. Are they, are they feral? Are they feral? Are they domesticated? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. All right. They're well, wild. 
but no. Isn't that just what feral means? What does yes. feral mean? Feral means that they're like not domestic, the opposite of domesticated. They're just outside. They're wild animals, essentially. Mm-hmm. They do not like people. They're not friendly. They do not want to be pet. They don't want to be your pet. But you can domesticate a feral animal if you put enough time into it and get them when they're young enough. Obviously, the younger you get them, the better off you are. Um, people can probably house a feral cat and get away with it from time to time, but I'm guessing it's not the norm. Most feral cats I'm working with are unmanageable, uncontrollable, and dangerous and scary. Yeah, I gotta get one of those. Yeah, get one as a protector. Ibar and feral can have a great time together. Uh, I think that I would eat dog or cat food if I was hungry enough and poor and broke enough. I think I would eat dogs and cats also if the same scenario. If I ran out of regular food, I would eat a dog. If I ran out of dog seed, I would eat a cat. Why not? They do it in other countries. It's I not mean, wrong. As long as Just because it's gross animals, doesn't mean it's wrong. I don't think it's gross. Uh, the, it's, the thought of it is a little bit off-putting to me. It, it's no more gross than eating a cow. Yeah, agreed. But I don't like to think about that either. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, about eating animals? Yeah. I think it's wrong, but I do it. I mean, it's wrong. It's definitely wrong to uh, the way they do it, the way they treat animals that are yeah, going like to be eaten. Production farms and, you know, whatever. Yeah, factory the, farming. Factory farming is gross. I'm not sure that I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to judge because, I mean... I like eating meat. I feel like our bodies are meant to digest meat. Our teeth are meant to eat meat. Uh, our whole history of mankind, people eat meat. So there's nothing morally wrong with it. I just think we maybe go about it the wrong way. We don't have any connection with our food. And, I, and I'm and i not like a Joe Rogan type where I'm uh, meditative about or, you know, super enlightened about my connection with the meat I eat. But there should be some. There should be some. I think it makes more sense to farm your own animals and eat them and farm your own vegetables and eat that than to go to the grocery store and buy shit that's processed and, you know, full of preservatives and bad for you, essentially, even though it's not, you know, it's not candy. It's still not good for you. If you're eating fatty, shitty meat or just really, you know, red meat that's low quality and full of marbling, like you're getting... A little bit of protein and a whole lot of fat, and that's not good for you. And then the red meat, processed red meat, all those uh, preservatives and salts, that's not good for your heart, not good for your blood vessels, cardiovascular system. So it, it depends, right? It depends on how you do it. I've been eating like a real piece of shit lately. How so? I don't know how a real piece of shit eats. I guess it doesn't, but uh, I, I, it I, ferments. I don't know. I've been eating crap, man. The other day, well... On Thursday night, I hosted at Echoes, and I kind of got drunk, and then I ate, I went and got a pint of ice cream, and just ate it, and then I felt awful. Yeah, I definitely would shit my pants if I ate a pint of ice cream. It was non-dairy ice cream, but... Oh, that's different. I can't eat that much dairy, for sure. I don't think many people can. It was almond-based. It was better. But, I mean, yeah, I don't eat any dairy, pretty much. Yeah, I steer um, away from it. I can eat some cheese. It's about the dairy that I do. I know. And still, it's got to be limited. I can't eat, like, triple-decker stuffed crust cheese pizza. That'll fuck my stomach up. 
Do they have that? I'm sure they do. Cheese on cheese, dipped in cheese, stuffed with cheese. Did you know they will, uh, this is a new thing, Domino's will bake your head into a pizza. I don't know. Yeah, this That's is a old. Jim Gaffigan bit. No, it's Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Jim Gaffigan has something like that, too, about where they can hide more cheese. But Seinfeld had the one where they'll bake your head into a black of cheese, block of cheese. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Seinfeld. All right. You ready for this Classic. other question? Yeah. Timothy McGorry asks, if, you had to, if Tony had to have sex with a dog to save a child's life, what dog would it be? Like, what breed or what specific dog? <laughs> So a baby's going to die unless you... a different uh, level. Yeah, well, I'm very curious to know what Timothy meant. I don't think Less he was curious to know what your answer is. Specific dog. Breed of dog? Or, like, could be... Thought, what if he meant, like, Rin Tin Tin? I thought a type. Oh, it would be, like, the OG Lassie. Lassie. <laughs> no. See, I would go Old Yeller, because he's going to die anyway. What? Old Yeller. Yeah, but the dog's not going to die. A child is. Yeah, but I'm saying if I have to have sex with a dog to save the child. The, I'm curious about the scenario in which you fucking a dog would save a child's life. Like, what is that? What is that? Uh, have you ever, do you ever watch uh, Black, what's it Mirror. called, Black Mirror? And that guy had to... Have sex with a pig to save his daughter? What was the... Yeah, what was that scenario? Was there a demon involved? Some sort of demon? No, it was like the news. <laughs> I don't remember. I saw the episode once. It was a while back. It's something like there was some government official. I think it might have been like the prime minister or whatever the hell. And... Somebody kidnapped his daughter, and they told him that he has to have sex with a pig on live television or they're going to kill his daughter. So he had sex with the pig on live television. They showed this in the television show? Uh, they did some careful editing, but you got to the gist of it. What episode is that? That's like the first episode of the first season. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen I haven't watched it. I'm guessing that's where... Tim got this scenario from, but I can't be sure. Very unoriginal, Tim. So would you do it? Would you uh, have sex with a dog to save a child's life? Mm. Depends on the child, honestly, more than the dog. Your child. I don't have a child. So any child. Actually, what, is one child's life worth, worth less than another? I mean, if he's a if he's a little bitch, <laughs> a little piece of shit kid. No, I don't know. That's hard to. I don't know. Don't, no, no child left behind. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't either. Kind of just wandered there because the truth of the matter is, man, I got to go to the bathroom again. I got oh, oral scapel problems. I was gonna bring up. I was gonna pull up that episode of Black Mirror. Do it. I'll be right back. Hang on.
Okay, we're back. He's back. There's not. I'm not finding this fucking Black Mirror episode. No. I should have googled it first, I guess. But I trusted you, and I've been let down. Do you feel the first episode of the first season's like Star Trek? I I had a hard time believing the first episode of the first season would be the pig fucking episode. It's the first episode I saw. Might not have been. Pink Parker episode is... I'm looking it up. It's called National Anthem. I gotta see this shit. It's called National Anthem? That's the name of the episode. Okay. Uh, Look what I found. Now we're really Joe Roganing this thing. Because we're searching the internet for shit? I was just wanting you to know this uh, episode is brought to you by Caveman Coffee. <laughs> and on it. On it. Me undies. I've been wearing these underwear. You can't even feel them. Do you listen to the Joe Rogan experience? Yeah. I mostly listen when he has scientists on. Somebody was starting to type something and then they aborted. The pussies. All right, what were, what were we on? Black Mirror? Pig fucking? Uh, yeah, we're talking know. about pig fucking. Well, I have some other uh, topics here. Uh, not topics, news. The only thing in the news that I really cared about that I found today was uh, how to keep your dog from overheating in the heat. Because now it's like 90 degrees here in northwest Indiana, so it's probably pretty hot everywhere, I imagine. Uh, People that don't know, don't take your brachycephalic breed out running in 90-degree weather because they cannot breathe and they overheat. A brachycephalic dog is any dog with a pushed-in faces like bulldogs, French bulldogs, boxers, any dog that snorts while it runs around and snores when it's sleeping, can't breathe. And should not be running around in the heat. If your dog starts to overheat, cool them down as fast as possible with cold water. Ice water works. Uh, alcohol on their foot pads. If you don't know, those of you that don't know, dogs don't have sweat glands. They only do on their paw pads and on the tip of their nose. So how they release heat is by panting. But if they get super hot, they can't pant fast enough. Uh, and they overheat and they die. Heat stroke is a real problem for dogs, especially if you have like a big hairy, furry dog, uh, that's not going to help. But mostly I'm seeing overheating with bulldogs, French bulldogs, those types of uh, dogs with the huge chests and tiny waists and no nose. Uh, it's happening to them most often. So alcohol on the foot pads, ice water on their fur, with their fur down as much as possible, and then get them to a veterinarian as fast as possible. Uh, what's the other thing I want to look up? Any questions on that, Tony? Any, any, anything to chime in there? No, sounds true. Very true. Uh, keep your pets inside when it's super hot out. Just because you can handle the heat doesn't mean your pet can. You can sweat. You can say you're thirsty. You can get water when you want to. I would see motherfuckers on Runyon Canyon with their dogs collapsing and dying with no water for their pet. And like, man, you guys are just playing playing with fire. Like, that's so dangerous. Yeah, uh, that happened to the uh, 
Quentin Tarantino's editor died in Running Canyon. Probably the same thing. Where's the water? You ever seen Water Boy? Or was it Running? He couldn't get no water, Coach. <laughs> he died from the dehydration. Uh, well, uh, my dog might start barking right now. She's sleeping, but people are walking by. All right, they shouldn't bark. Okay, the other thing that I was going to talk about was uh, fireworks and pets. Hopefully, this episode comes out before the 4th of July, so I got two, three days to release it. Uh, what to do for fireworks? Uh, don't leave your pet at home alone. If you know they have anxiety with loud noises, be there for your pet. Don't board your pet. Over the 4th of July weekend, just so you don't have to deal with their problems. They just get super stressed out in the boarding facilities. I understand a lot of people are going on vacation when the 4th of July comes, so that might not be why your pet is boarding. But in my opinion, humble opinion, don't board your pet as a way to avoid the problem. You know, people want to board their dog just for the 4th of July because the dog goes crazy over the fireworks. I think that's horrible. I think that you should be there to to calm your pet so the these are the methods that i think work aside from medication sedatives or anti-anxiety medication be there for your pet pet your dog talk to your dog turn on the tv loud turn on some fans turn on the air conditioner uh put on the radio loud all these things to kind of distract your pet from the loud noises outside um and even uh put on a fireworks show the days before fourth of july on your tv or on your stereo that sound semi-real and give your dog a lot of treats during that exposure to kind of desensitize them to it. That works. Um, then if you got to go the route of anti-anxiety medication, you have the options of like acepromazine or trazodone, or there's a new one out called Cilio. And I think all of these sort of work. Acepromazine is a strong sedative. I think that people are steering away from it because they've seen that dogs, even though they're sedate, they're still having a physiological reaction to this, the, the noise. So their like heart rate goes up and their blood pressure rate goes up. So they're still having an internal panic, but they're sedated so you don't see it, uh, which is dangerous. If your dog has heart disease or any kind of compromised you know, heart problems, that could be dangerous for you. Now, the other drug we use a lot is trazodone. I think it's uh, anti-anxiety med, so a little lighter on the sedation. It seems to take the edge off a bit, but you should still be there for your pet to calm them down. Uh, the last one, Cilio, is new. We just started using that at my job, and uh, people say it works a little. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm very new to it. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, maybe it works for your pet. Ask your veterinarian. Uh, be there for your pet. Do your best to you know ease the pain by exposing your pet to loud noises the days before the fireworks. And uh, I don't know. Do, do what you can to avoid it. I don't know. Go somewhere where there's not. A lot of fireworks, maybe, if you have a pet that goes crazy. That's it. I'm done. a problem for, for Ibar. What's that? He hates the fireworks? Yeah, they, they, well, they straight up fucking light goddamn pipe bombs in my neighborhood and shit. Yeah. Yeah, see? That sucks for your dog. It's like torture. Can you imagine how loud that is to a dog? It's loud as shit to us. I found the episode. It is the premiere episode. See? I Where's my apology? I'm sorry. I was... When I put on Netflix, it started on, like, season four. Which I don't know why. But apparently... Because it's the prime minister in the episode, right? That's the fucking right. pig? Right. 
So there's like some book that came out about one of the prime ministers. Let me see who it was. Uh, David Cameron. And uh, apparently there's a lot of drug use and debauchery in this book. And there's this one part where he uh, joined this fucking secret society or whatever, Piers Graveston. And they have like, it's like some eyes wide shit, uh, eyes wide shut shit. Oh, yeah. Or something. And there's like, uh, I guess a part where you fucking mouth fucked a dead pig. He put his, he put his dick in a dead pig's mouth. Interesting. Which is they used to Have do shit like seen? that for frat boys, right? Isn't that something that frat guys were getting in trouble for? Having sex with animals? Maybe. Like as a hazing, hazing ritual? Sure, as a hazing ritual. Right. That's what you want to call it. Uh, I call it bestiality because that's how you search it on the internet when you're trying to <laughs> masturbate. That's what you put into the bar, the search bar. If you put in hazing, I bet some spanking will come so, out. But definitely I, I not. feel like Michael, who someone had a bit about bestiality videos. He goes, "Oh, is I'm the only one watching them? That's why they're so readily available. Because <laughs> it's just me." No, I like all those kind of ideas. I I've mean, I think that's kind of the the point of doing stand up is to be like, I can't be the only one. That does this or thinks this or says this. Yeah. And that's how you connect to an audience. You when find they really give you a great one of those that, like, I've never heard anyone talk about. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude just nailed it. Exactly. <laughs> he just nailed humanity. It happens. I mean, that's what we're all aiming for. That's our bullseye. Changing the world with a joke. <laughs> Hannibal Burris did it. This is true. This shit is crazy. A lot of people is, have done Do you it. think that was the beginning of the Me Too movement? Was it Hannibal Verse? Yeah, with the Bill Cosby. I think that's when people were finally like understanding that uh, powerful men were making a habit of taking advantage of women. That is why I make it a point to have no power whatsoever. Then you'll never be accused. Well, or you'll never be in the position, actually. I'll never be in the position. I've never been in the position of having sexual intercourse. Okay. <laughs> With a pig. Yeah, well, good. I hope that I never find out that you're lying to me. Well, if you've seen some of the girls, the, you might disagree. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we can't, we can't do that. That's just as bad. That's being misogynistic. That's... What, do, what do you call an ugly guy? A pig, too, though, right? I call cops pigs. There you go. It's a rel it's a universal term. It's an umbrella term. Fuck the police. But the last thing That's on all. pets that I actually wanted to talk about was this uh disappearing magic trick blanket thing. Have you seen this? No. That's gone viral. Uh so I have an idea to get my podcast more views is to talk about viral pet shit and mention that in my little description. So for this one, uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a viral YouTube video of people hiding behind blankets with their, you know, the dog is on one side of the blanket, they're on the other, and they're hiding behind it so the dog can't see them. And then they, as they drop the blanket, they run out of the room 
So then the blanket drops and the dog doesn't know where the person went and the dogs freak out. It's pretty funny. Check it out online. None of them are mine. I'm not promoting my own shit. Uh, but if you want to watch some funny dog shit on YouTube or Instagram, look up the magic blanket trick and you'll see some funny stuff. You, you don't have a dog, do you? I do. Her name is Angelita. She's sitting right next to me, sleeping. She's a little uh, Dachshund Terrier mix, and she's cute and smart, and I love her, and I'm glad that she's around. What's her name? Angelita. It means little angel. Cool. Cool. Super you cool. Dog angel. Yeah, she's a she's a little angel. She saves it's a, us. It's a it's a it's a good name for when it dies. It'll never die. It's living forever. Whoa, dude, your dog's gonna die. You gotta prepare yourself. No, I refuse. Come on, Actually, dog. I'm well aware of that. I could already see her getting older. She's maybe like two and a half, and I can already see a huge difference in her face than a year ago. So a year ago when she was a puppy, and now she's not. And it's like, Jesus, this dog's going to die soon. Like, 14 like, years go by you quickly. Hard, you can hardly even fuck her anymore. I know, right? So old. Well, she's into older guys now. I think uh, old people are attractive. You think old people are attractive? I mean, I, I like, yeah. When I take pictures... I'd much rather take pictures of old people because their faces are more interesting. Why, just more character, more lines? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, they just look cooler, yeah. A good old person, that's a good picture. Uh, I mean, I could see that distinguished, you know, some stories to their face. But if I have to look at somebody for a long time, I'm going younger. I'm going, like, younger. If I have to stare at a I've face, I don't know. I heard you like young people. Yeah, younger than old. I mean, what's young to me? Like, 30? What's old to me? Like, 80? 30 is young to you? Yes. How do you feel about... At what age should a dog be for you to be able to... I gotta... Alright, let's <laughs> What's an appropriate age for me to want to have sex with a dog? Tim. See what Tim you asks. Did. See what you did, Tim. Uh, I don't know. They would have to be old enough to... Party. Okay. Old enough to party. Alright, well... Do you we party with dogs, dog? I definitely dug myself a hole here. I've never partied with a dog. That's not true. Dogs have been at the parties I've been at, so does that count? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I wanted to go back to something a minute ago that we were talking about. Do you remember when you were there at those roast battle after parties, and I was all wasted, and I was like, hey, Tony, this is my first Hollywood party. And you're like, yeah, we can all tell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's funny that I said it. <laughs> that's I remember... when I knew I had gone overboard because I was talking, I was trying to talk to everybody. I was talking to everybody that was on the show. I was talking to Jeff Ross. I was just like making my rounds, talking to everybody. And, I, and I'm sure that it was not all as uh, charming as I would have liked to believe. 
Yeah, you're probably fine. I remember when you, uh, when uh, Todd Barry was there and you were talking to him and you like introduced me to Todd Barry and then I said, you don't have to talk to us. And then he said, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember talking to Todd Barry. Oh, man. And he was cool. And I remember talking to, um, what yeah, was the guy was that, that lost to uh, Frank? Uh, Matthew. Oh, Matt. Uh, yeah. Matthew something. Matthew McKinagay. Bruce Broussard. Yeah, Matthew Broussard. He was super cool. He talked to me for a long, way longer than he had to or should have. I saw have. him on TV doing a commercial or whatever. He's like a spokesman for something. Yeah, good for him. Did you see uh, Alex Hooper on America's Got Talent? Yeah, I saw that. Dude, that's hilarious. And I'm happy that he went viral and his uh, pug calendar was on Ellen, so he's he's making moves. I think he played that America's Got Talent perfectly, like, likably evil. You know what I mean? Like, the he's, like, grew from Despicable Me. <laughs> I don't know who that is. No, you never watched Despicable Me, grew and okay, let's say more like Dr. Evil. All right. From Austin Powers. A likable bad guy. That's what he was. He was funny, man. He killed it. He was sharp. If you guys haven't seen it, Alex Hooper, Roast Battler on America's Got Talent. It's a, got like over a million views in three weeks on YouTube. And uh, Alex is one of the original Roast Battlers. Did you ever battle him? No. What about your roast battle career? Where's where's that sitting? I don't know, man. I'm I took a break. Are you gonna accept Caesar's call out? Yeah, I haven't. I didn't listen to it. What did he say? Uh, he just told the an anecdote about how you and he were supposed to battle and then weren't gonna battle, and he still wants to battle you. Hmm. He thinks that you owe him that much. And of course, I want to see the battle, so I'm going to instigate it as much as I can. It'd be a good battle. You guys are both like performers. You guys actually both like put some showmanship into it, which not everybody does. Showmanship. Yep. Do you hear these? These absurd fucking... Just take a compliment. Is it a compliment? Yes. Maybe no, it's but not you a compliment. Heard, you heard the fucking... I just heard a motorcycle outside. No, I didn't hear it. Just like, why you... Why? Who did you battle last? Was it Nicole? Um, no. It's Jonathan Rowell. Oh, did you win? No. I don't know who that is. I lost... He got me. He got me with a lasagna joke. I'm sick of hearing jokes about foods I can't eat. <laughs> it's a, it keeps happening. Why can't you eat lasagna? I don't eat dairy, man. Can't have it. Oh, so the cheese. I'm allergic. I get a sinus infection. I guess I could. I could go into anaphylactic shock, but I think it'd have to have a lot. Yeah, probably. I got I got bit by some mosquitoes a, a few months back, and it fucking I like my arm just fucking I don't know what 
it blew up. It was all you red get... and pulsating, and and then uh, my throat started getting tight. I almost started panicking, and then I went to Seven Eleven. My uncle actually helped me out. Fucking, I asked him. I was Benadryl. Like, well, I, I I texted him, asked him if he had Benadryl. Because uh, they used to give it to their dog to chill him out, actually, for fireworks. Yeah, that, that's another option, if it works. Uh, and uh, and he said no. Um, and then he's like, what's going on? And I told him, and he, he was like, all right, just come over. I'll, uh, I was like, all right. So I just went over there, and we drove to 7-Eleven and got some 7-Eleven brand Benadryl. And, it works. And that knocked me out. I took two of them. And the next morning, yeah. I was a little better. And it took a few days for me to completely recover. That f- the f- first, like, two days were really weird because I kept taking Benadryl. And I was, like, so I was just, like, snapping. And it got, it got weird. I went to my mom's house, just chilled for a couple days. Took a little vacay from I the guess. world? Yeah, but they say Benadryl has, like, opposite effects on 50% of people, like, 50% of people get sleepy on Benadryl, and the other 50% get excited on, on Benadryl. And the same thing with uh, dogs. 50% of dogs get sleepy on Benadryl, the other 50% of dogs get excited on Benadryl. This shit knocked me out. So, I guess I'm that 50%. Good. At least now I know. Now I know how to Cosby you. My, well, uh... My uh, my uncle's allergic to Benadryl, which is ironic, I guess. That is ironic. What do you do? Just take twice as much Benadryl? What? If you're allergic to it? Yeah, no, that would kill him. I know, it was a joke. Hardy har har. Yeah, well, it killed <laughs> your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what you meant. So how's the, how, how about your shows? Because we got to wrap this up soon. Cause yeah. I still want to go out to Chicago to do some shows tonight, and if I get out there too late, then it's like pointless. Well, I've been uh, I've been uh, making a movie the past month and a half or so. Oh yeah, tell me about the movie. It's uh, it's like a horror sci-fi comedy about it. It's about a mad scientist type who invents a procedure. Uh making the need for sleep eliminating the need for sleep in human beings interesting i like it he thinks he could manipulate our brains to make us not have to sleep anymore where'd this idea come from um me being an insomniac and reading about sleep there's these uh there's all these documented cases of people who have like uh some sort of frontal lobe trauma and uh, then they they don't have to sleep like there's the biggest case is this guy uh, this Hungarian soldier in like World War One, I, I think he got he got shot in the head and he uh, you know they they removed it and he was fine afterwards and there was real no really no difference except that he never slept anymore and he lived like into his 80s and would he just, have like 
comatose moments where at least he'd be like out of it? No. He was no, just he was, alert twenty four seven. That well, they, the 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 thing that sets that case apart is that there was a medical student who was really interested in the case and basically volunteered to be his doctor. So there's like extensive medical records from the time that happened to the time he died. So, like, there's other stories, but they're not. You know, there's no the proof isn't there like that one. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm definitely. Uh, I I wish that I could find a way to not be so sleepy. Uh, was, I just hate the morning a lot. I really don't like waking up, and I don't think that it's uh, even that I'm tired or I'm not a morning person. I don't think that really has anything to do with it. It's just that I'm in a. Ne- I have never been in my whole life in a place in my life where I'm really truly looking forward to that day. I mean, there might be like when I was a kid, Christmas morning, or got a new video game that I wanted to play, or maybe we're we're going somewhere cool that I want to go to, but that's not a daily on a daily. I'm not looking forward to the day because I haven't really found my, my success, I guess, you know, I'm still searching for it. Well, there's your problem. Searching for success. Is that overrated? No, I just, you, you have to look forward to every day. Or you're well, not gonna have success. I wish, man. I wish I could say I look forward to every day. I look forward to certain parts of every day. I mean, I don't have a bad day hardly ever. I usually have pretty good days, uh, but it is like a, a chore. Like I gotta work for it. Nothing's yeah, just like I don't like to get up. It's hard, man. I, don't I think it's like get up a, today, and it was hot. Do you have air conditioning in there? In that in that back? No, I I housing? was I have like some sort of swamp cooler thing but it's uh the uh i don't know it's broken i i lived in la all that time i never had an air conditioner and the few times i did have an air conditioner i didn't turn it on because i couldn't afford it uh and i would just sweat and yeah, wake up was, sweaty been, and have I've harder been, times getting sleeping in because i'd be so fucking hot i've been sweating for sure it did get me up out of bed just be having the fucking sun in my eyes. Shit, man. I wish I, I want to go back to sleep. You will. This is wrapping itself up somehow. Eventually, there's usually a... Well, I can't because it's hot. Just put your head down right there. It's cooler in the factory, no? Yeah, I can't sleep in here. We'll see. I'll figure out something. Yeah, so what about any shows? The movie, is it's done? What do you got, post-production? Are you still filming? Uh, we finished filming. The lead actor left L.A. today. He's moving. So we're How long did it take done. you to film it? Like six weeks. How long did it take you to write it? Uh, well, we started filming it like a year ago, and then, I don't know, we had trouble with the actor's availability and stuff. And so I shelved it for a while. So I don't know. Um, probably a couple months to do it, and then I tweaked it over the last year or so. Did you write it yourself? Um, yeah. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. What do you think for a release date? What are you looking at? Mm, I don't know. Probably fall. And are you going to submit it to festivals and whatnot? I am definitely going to submit it for sure, yeah. And how do you go about that? Because my friend and I, 
made two films and we're trying to submit them to festivals, but I've never done it before. Any advice? Well, I'm going to do some research. Uh, the, I feel like there's like certain things. I don't know with shorts, like they want shorter movies because the more movies they put in, the more like, I don't know. It's, it's better pro programming to have short shorts. Uh, you know, you get more variety more people feel like they have a chance of getting in if there's more films picked, I guess. Uh, I don't know. So it's like a credibility thing. Um, I don't know. So so the shorter, the better. And what um, you, okay, so which what's I, a short, which I've short to you? I don't know, like five minutes, a few minutes. Um, under, under 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes is like maximum for a short. Yeah, so this is like, Mine's like a half hour, I think, but uh, I'm going to cut it down. I did a rough cut before we finished filming because I wanted to make sure we had it all. Do you edit it yourself? Yeah. You're, yep. busy. You're a busy man. Yeah, it was kind of a... I actually took a break this week. Uh, the DP still has the last of the footage because, well, he just walked off with it, but I didn't get it from him, so... But I, I, I was like, I need a break from it, thinking about it. I've still been thinking about it, but, you know, I haven't been editing the last week. Which is good. I think I've, it's helped. I've come up with some ideas to do some different stuff with it. So, it's good to have space, I think. Oh, yeah, you need some wiggle room. Yeah, I mean, I was getting to the point where I was like, I don't even know what the, this movie's about anymore, you know? I was yeah. just like, all the lines just sounded like meaningless and, you know. Blurry? Like you probably the... know when you're even, like, doing a roast battle, I get to the point where my jokes, they don't sound like jokes anymore and I don't even know what's funny about them anymore and I'm just like, I've just said them so many times or whatever. Yeah, I think that's... uh. I know, I mean, obviously a lot of roast battlers take a break from roasting after a while, and it's probably because of that. Because that starts to happen, you kind of, like, don't know what you're doing anymore. I don't know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but that's how it felt for me, like, what am I even doing? Yeah. But, but you're not going to feel that way if you keep winning. I mean, obviously it took a couple of losses for me to really need a break. I uh, feel like... I don't know. I, 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 at first, like, I just, it was a really cool show and I, I liked it a lot. And then I started doing it and it was fun and it was always fun. And then, I don't know. I was doing, like, I was looking for ways to be more creative within the format of it and stuff. And I was doing that. And then that started not going well. And then, and then it's like, then I so then I ditched that and just did it normal way and I just feel like well now I'm just doing it like everybody else and I'm still losing so it's like why the fuck would I even so I don't know yeah I don't know no I don't know what to do with it, it I mean I'm not there anymore so it matters less it's for changed me. a bit for sure I think it's no. still fun though I mean Caesar and I talked about it for a while in the last podcast and it's just like. We were there for the golden age when it was new and it was, you you know, people were trying things and seeing, filling it out and stretching and 
seeing how far they could take things, and now it's kind of settled to what it is because of the TV program. Uh, and now it's like, you know, it's it, it's already a thing now. Before it was our thing. Now it's just a thing. Hmm. And it kind of takes the fun out of it unless you're doing it for different reasons. Like you just want to do it. You enjoy doing it or, you, you know, you're... You're you're battling your friend and it sounds like fun. I don't know. I don't really know what the motivation to continue do it and care about the rankings and all that. I, you want to be on the TV show. You want to impress Jeff Ross and Brian Moses. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation could be because I'm not out there, so I don't have it. Right now, I'm gonna go out there August 14th and roast Victor Martinez just because I want a, another chance to perform at the Comedy Store. It's just something that I take back to Indiana with me and it and it makes me feel like I'm doing something extra, like I'm working extra hard. Because hmm. it doesn't really benefit me to go all the way out there and do a three-joke undercard for Victor. It doesn't benefit me out here. It might benefit me out there in the small way that, you know, my name stays in people's conversations in Roast Battle, but that doesn't even really matter because all my friends that might be talking about me are not the power players. They don't have any say in the matter of roast battle, you know, uh, television appearances. But there was a time where I thought I had a shot of being on the TV show. Like, if I would have beaten Omid and Pat Barker, like, I could have had a shot at the TV show, but now what? Now, now I don't think that at all. Hmm. Yeah, there's, they've been, I've heard less about this season than I had any other seasons, so I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I was listening to uh, Earl Skakel's podcast, and he was talking with Pat Barker, and they both don't really know, but what they do know is that uh, Comedy Central and Jeff Ross and Brian Moses will be choosing the battlers from now on, so it doesn't really have anything to do with the rankings or who you've beaten or lost to. They're going to be putting matches together based on what they think is going to benefit the show the most on the big, big television stage. Yeah. And now they're doing roast battle all over the world, and that means less opportunities for LA guys. I guess. Maybe not less, but less focus on the LA scene, I guess. Hmm. And less focus on even the New York scene. I just think that they've moved on. I think the characters and the people that were intriguing and, you know, everybody was fans of those people. Like, even those people have moved on to other things. Like, now that's not their biggest focus anymore. Or am I wrong? No. Uh... But it was a good, it was a good, like, uh springboard for a lot of people to get their names out there a lot of comedians that in my humble opinion uh didn't have a huge buzz gave them a buzz and that's good you know and that's what i appreciated about the roast battle it gave people who worked hard some credit yeah some due credit i mean you and me included like I mean, I never really felt like I was in in L.A. comedy. I never felt that way. But the few times when I was winning, winning roast battles, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I saw, like, I have the ability to get to where I want to be, but it still didn't happen for me. 
So what are you going to do now? Uh, hope for comedy to put me in a position to get a job that I enjoy. You know, just keep doing comedy and networking and writing jokes and putting out new material and making videos. And hopefully the right person likes me and gives me a job where I could use that talent and ability of being creative, writing my own material, performing my own material in front of people with a microphone. Like, I don't know what... Uh, public speaking, uh, motivational speaking, uh, <laughs> wedding announcer, fucking high school cafeteria lunch menu announcer, uh, you know, radio show job, host. I don't know. Maybe. I'm hoping maybe my podcast will get picked up by some big pet network that wants a sarcastic comedian vet tech as one of their shows. Uh, you know, I, I think that all Can of it live on the pet network. Yeah, Albert Escobedo with his pet peeves podcast. Yeah, shit like that. You never know. Uh, but mostly, what I think in my heart of hearts, what I think is one day somebody is gonna stumble across me or my material or my online shit and offer me a job that involves speaking for money. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean that's that's it. Other than that, I'm. St- I got nothing. I have no idea what comedy is going to do for me. I just still enjoy it. I did two shows last night, two open mics, uh, one at the Second City Comedy in Chicago, the Second City School for Comedy, and it was fun. Uh, I had a decent set. It's a weird little classroom setting, but a lot of really good Chicago comedians do that show, and I really enjoyed it. And then I did the Annoyance Theater, another open mic, but, you know, in a theater on a real stage in front of a real audience. Maybe, like, it was, like, 1130 at night, so there was maybe 20 people in the audience by that time. I went on second to last. But I had a decent set. I didn't fuck up any of my jokes. Uh, I used some new tags that I just wrote, and it was awesome. I felt very accomplished when on my way, our drive home back to Indiana last night. And I don't know what I would do without that feeling. Have you seen the movie tag? No, I just downloaded it. I haven't watched it yet. I just I thought it was just a bunch of guys riffing. And it isn't? <laughs> no. I mean, it still could be that. I watched the trailer. It still looks like maybe that with some more action. But guys just riffing on the action that's taking place. I'm sure, man. It is... Uh... Who knows how much ad-libbing. Maybe there's a lot of ad-libbing in that movie. It looks... uh, Yeah. You're really going to watch Tag then, huh? Well, I downloaded it. I'm going to watch it eventually. I do want to head out to Chicago sometime soon. So, I don't know. It's such a... It's it's a journey to get out there. And then, you know, just like every other open mic scene, you got to wait your turn. And... Yeah. Sometimes get bumped and all that. Fun stuff. Are you still doing a lot of that? Running around doing open mics? I mean, I haven't been as much because I've been because working of the movie. on the movie. Yeah, and then this week I just kind of chilling. I did. A, I hosted a mic on Thursday. I did. I did my that murder mystery show last night that I do. Oh yeah, you're still doing that. And, and what? Uh, there's a new Echoes. Is that is that what I understand? Echoes on Pico. Yeah. Is it the same guy, Christian? Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. And what was the girl's name? Jasmine, the lady, his sister. Maybe? Yeah, she's not. I think they were married and oh, they're no divorced. Oh shit! But no, it's usually his daughter is behind the bar. 
And uh, yeah, I haven't seen Jasmine too much. Saw her once recently. But... Is that a popular mic? It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, our mic usually our mic's on Thursday, and it usually gets canceled because they rent it out to shows. Ah, so good. it's been uh, you know inconsistent. Well, what about other mics? Is there any open mics you go to regularly? Uh, I go to Next Stage a lot. The Bourbon. Uh, is it you talking about the the one they're doing in the stage room next door? Or are you still doing that little room on the floor? No, no, they do they do it on the main stage. They mics have kind of there was one every night for like every weeknight, pretty much. At next stage. Yeah. Is Laura still there doing stuff or no? No. So it's like I know they got a. Uh, the was it the the boys show boys what is club. it boys club that's on and monday then, and then uh this is all on the bureau if you guys want to check it out uh yeah. kelsey runs the mic on wednesday roger doesn't he do roger that roger's uh friday so every night a, scott uh, kid had a mic. mic on thursday but i think he just ended it and then uh peter prince on monday peter does a thing where he has like comedians on a panel like he picks three comedians who sign up for the mic to be on a panel, and then they like do commentary and uh, riff and stuff. So I miss that little fun. scene. But even I would do that Barubians all the time, next stage all the time, and then a little bit started to peter out because I would go there and none of my friends would be there. I'd go there and just be like waiting for friends to show up, and then nobody would. So I'd kind of just be standing there by myself. And there would be 20, 25 other comedians there that I didn't know, and I would just kind of feel awkward and either leave because I'd be waiting too long for my set or just never sign up and just leave. And I went to the the uh, Meltdown party. Meltdown closed? Oh, yeah, that's sad. And I went to, like, the closing that party or whatever, and, like, I there's so many people I didn't know there. It was kind of crazy. I guess because they started doing improv classes and stuff. So there's a whole improv. Well, you've been doing stand-up a lot longer than Caesar, so he was talking to me about how he's finally noticing, like, the turnover of comedians in L.A., that he didn't do mics for a while because he had a baby, and now he came back to doing mics, and he said it's, like, all new people, people he doesn't know, and all the people he does know don't do mics anymore. Yeah, I feel like they're doing other shit. I always, like, it's, like, two years. Every two years, it's a whole different scene. Yeah, and Caesar's been doing stand-up for about two and a half, three like, years. That's like if you if you don't like someone or you have, you know, you just be like, all right, you're not gonna be around in two years, most likely. That's true. Do you uh, cycle yourself in and out to like avoid certain people, or do you just do it however it feels? No, natural? I just, I mean, like, I'll 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 let myself take breaks a little bit just to, but I usually don't go more than a week without doing a set. Any shows coming up? Uh, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. And what about the uh, show you co-produced? I'm doing Bricks. Is that what it's called? In Sunset Beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good show. August Bunch 1st. Bunch of OC comics. Yeah, I like it. Uh, April runs it now. Oh, really? I used to do that show with the guy. Uh, I forget what his name was. But he was cool. Um, I would just 
go there. I lived right by there, and I would live. I lived in Long Beach and worked in Huntington Beach, so I was driving past it yeah. every day. Yeah, we'll probably go hit some OC mics. I always thought that was a huge advantage to me living in Long Beach that I was close to OC mics because then I got to like, you know, not get too bored with any scene. I could do the Long Beach scene. OC I mean, LA scene, is like that in LA general. Scene. Yeah, because you could true. go different places. Absolutely um, true. I like the the uh, the Ice House mic is pretty cool. I never been there. I never did that one. Well, I'm gonna be out there for a week, August. 12th to the 18th so let's make some plans to do some shit yeah dude keep me keep me in your thoughts and prayers so we can actually have like a game plan because the last two times i went there i planned to hang out with you and then never did yeah i would see you at the comedy store but i'd be about to roast and not really trying to conversate and then i lost both times and then just wanted to go home well we'll make it happen yeah, I don't think for Diana's sure. coming with me this time because I uh, I applied for the Burbank Comedy Festival and I haven't heard back. They haven't told anybody yet if they've gotten accepted. So I'm hoping I get accepted and then I could be doing the Burbank Festival in the morning and stuff and then squeeze in a roast battle on uh, Tuesday night and then whatever else for the rest of the week. Cool. Burbank Comedy Festival, you ever done it or anything? You know anything about it? No. Yeah, all the years I was there, I never even, like, it didn't even interest me a little bit. But being over here, it seems like something cool to have on my resume. Yeah, I just remember one time I was hosting Setlist at the Setlist mic at Flappers. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, someone got, someone was mad because he didn't get accepted to the Burbank Comedy Festival. And he just <laughs> ranted about it his whole set and then walked out and it was super awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I would be probably really a, a little butt he- butt hurt if I don't get accepted. I'll be a little butt hurt, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know how they fucking what the fuck. I sent them do. my little videos. I sent them my little press pack. I sent them whatever they asked for, and luckily I already had like one of those little profiles on Flappers from doing shows there before. Yeah. So hopefully that helps me a little bit that they see that I used to do shows at their club and would bring people a lot too. That's when I was first doing bringer shows. So people would actually come to Flappers to see me, and then that fizzled out very quickly. Ran out of friends. Fake friends. Phony friends. Phony folks. Phone a friend? Phone a friend. Who wants to be a millionaire? Mm. What if that show got really existential and stuff? They just really got in the philosophy of wanting to be a millionaire. The question is dif- formatted differently. I'm like, who wants to be a millionaire? I don't know. Not me? Do I? I? I do, but not spontaneously. I would have to know where the money came from. That'd be a good what? platform for someone to go crazy. Just giving them a million dollars? No, just like someone losing their shit if they were like a game show host. Oh. I would like to see that. More game show hosts freak out. Yeah, is there a blooper reel for that? I haven't seen it. No, I don't know. All right, well, we're uh, stretching the timeline here. Where can yeah, uh, people find you on the social media? Tony Bartoloni on Facebook. Uh, at Tony Does Comedy on the Twitter. And at Tony Does Pictures on Instagram. 
I've been posting uh, unattractive selfies of myself. <laughs> unattractive selfies. Like when like. I first, when I just wake up and I look all shitty. That's the way to go about it. Fuck I posted one where I was uh, really hungover and I was still in bed and my hair was all fucked up and I uh, I took a picture and you know how if you have the flash but the camera's facing you it like just it, your phone turns white. Yeah. So I like closed my eyes because it was too bright and it looks like I'm asleep. Hmm. Well, everybody go find those pictures. Click like, <laughs> follow, follow Tony, fave, follow fave me. Them. Tony's going to start his own podcast someday, right? No, yeah, sometime soon it's going to happen. I see that in your future. Uh, I mean, since no one else is doing it, you might as well. Yeah, since no one else is doing a podcast. No. Well, the Pet Peeves podcast is a very original one in a million. Uh, if you want to find us, the Pet Peeves podcast is on Instagram, at Pet Peeves podcast, on Twitter, at Pet Peeves pod. Uh, you can send me any pet questions on the Gmail, petpeepspodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me, Albert Escobedo, on Instagram at Albert Escobedo, on Twitter at Albert M. Escobedo, Facebook, Albert Mora Escobedo. Uh, that should be about everything. Pet Peeps Podcast, episode 11. I gotta go. Thank you very uh, much, Tony, for being my here. Roaches. I gotta go feed my pets. Man. He's gotta go feed his furless pets. Furless babies, I, and I gotta take my dog out, change my clothes, and take an hour drive out to the Cité. Uh, but it was a pleasure having you, man. I hope to have you right. on again. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Have fun. And do you want to clap one more time for the end? For reals? No, I was kidding. <laughs> okay, cool. But for real, thank you, and I do appreciate it, and I do want to have you on another time. You know, this podcast. Hopefully, you got never-ending episodes coming in the future so if you ever want to be on you got anything you want to talk about or any pet questions let me know man i appreciate it cool dude all right see you guys later you're welcome later Thank you.